clubhouse. No picnic working here, huh? I'm here to say I'm sorry, and I'm here to say thank you. I'm sorry people came after you to get to me. It's not what you signed up for. I'm sorry you, I'm sorry you went through that. Now, thank you, and I mean it. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for fighting back. Thank you for protecting this place, protecting my family. I'll, I'll never forget it. Now you, uh, you stop worrying about fighting, right? Worry about cowboy, and you leave the, you leave the fighting to me. Steph. This is Sheila. And welcome to Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone. This is our first episode of season four, which Yay! Sheila and I are very excited about. Yay! Waited a very long time for this, Sheila. It has been 15 months, but you know, who's like, counting? Who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Oh my gosh, this has taken way too long for me. Stupid COVID. Like, Stupid COVID. But they got the there, and this <sighs> one was, it did not disappoint. No, it's, oh my gosh. I'm so excited for people to see this episode. Like, I'm telling all of my Yellowstone fans, like, guys, you have to watch this on Sunday. Like, please do not disappoint. Like, text me as soon as you watch this, because I cannot wait to start talking about it. I've been getting questions because it's like, we know you see the stuff sooner. Yeah. Tell no, me. I'm not like, telling no, you. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Just you're not going to be disappointed. That's all I just keep telling people. I know. Even my <laughs> husband was like, so who's dead? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Can't like, tell I'm you. just not telling you. Can't tell you. Exactly. It's but now we can tell fun. you because you've watched and yes. I've watched and we're assuming that you guys listening have watched and you want to get into the dirt just or the tea just as much as we yes. do. But we got some housekeeping. We got to talk about it. It's been such a long time. And then it was sort of backwards for you and I, because we recorded our podcast for season three. And then we went back and recorded season one and season two, which was really fun. I loved rewinding and going all the way back. And just giving it like the time and attention that we gave to season three and just going back and making, we made so many connections between things that happened in season one to season three. And we were linking things back and forth. And I guess just watching it in this way, you and I were really diving. We, We dove deep. Yes, because we really watched it specifically episode by episode. We were watching this like we were taking a film class. Exactly. It was really fun. So I can't wait to do that to season four because now I feel like I know all things Yellowstone, even though I probably don't. I feel like I'm rusty. So you guys got to like, you know, know. bear with us a little bit (laughs) as we dust Uh, off some of these concepts. I am really bad, like short-term memory so <laughs> it's gonna be like wait what happened I'm so confused 
But we have some exciting news because we have interviews, Sheila. (gasps) I know. Can you believe this? It's been a long time coming. And not only did we get an interview, we got interviews. Yes. And we're hoping that there's more to come. So, yeah, we have interviews because we got to participate in the Yellowstone Virtual Press Day, which is super exciting. But we had our colleague Mike do these interviews because they were super fast. I don't know, Sheila, should we tell them like who's coming or it should be a surprise? Because we're going to talk about it next episode, actually. Yes. I mean, I think we can do the teaser now, the little trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's tell them okay. who. Let's tell them who. Well, we have it five-minute interview with Rip Cole Hauser, who plays Rip. And we have an interview with Kelsey Asbile, who plays uh, Asbile. Monica. I say Asbile. Who plays Monica, which is super exciting because she is one of our favorite characters. She is. And she was adorable. So, like, you know, sneak preview. Like, I saw the interview today. It was a video interview. I mean, unfortunately, you're not going to see a video interview, but you'll hear the the commentary and literally, I mean, five minutes to the second is yeah. both of these episodes. Did they just cut it off? <laughs> no, no, no. It was basically oh, like okay. he, he said that there was like like a countdown clock and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, ticking like four minutes and three minutes. So No pressure, Mike. No, no pressure. pressure. But he did a great job. He did like, okay. yay, yay for Pod Clubhouse editor Mike. But yeah, no, Kelsey was adorable and she she really laughed at some of the observations that Mike had. And she's like, I'm going <laughs> to use that. So, you know, going <laughs> awesome. forward, yeah, you'll have to listen to that, uh, that interview. Um, I think that's coming out, I think, with episode three. Yeah. And Cole Hauser's interview will be accompanying episode two. Correct. So today you just get us and a whole lot of excitement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... We're pretty awesome, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're no, you know, Cole Hauser, but, you know, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. What else do we have? Okay. Well, here's the other thing I was going to say, because, of course, we love Rip. We love Monica. But, you know, I love Ryan Bingham. Who plays yes. Walker? Yeah, I'm and he's back. He's back him. for season four. Like that was definitely solidified at the end of season yes. three. They definitely inducted him <laughs> again. I'm glad he's not at the train station. Again, So we got an email, Sheila, from a uh, marketing company that's working with Lone River Ranch Water, which, of course, is a seltzer. I love all things seltzers because that's what I drink. I drink wine and seltzers. Wine, seltzer. Seltzer has kind of like replaced beer in my life. Yes. Same. I just I just enjoy it. And yeah, so we get this email. You got this email. Let's yes. let's let's call let's call it for what it is. You got this email. I got an email that was like, We would like to send you and Sheila some free samples of this ranch water that we're representing that Ryan Bingham is like spokesperson is the spokesperson or the representation for. And I'm like Swoon. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Send me anything. I already love it. I don't even haven't tasted it yet, but <laughs> Because Ryan likes it, I like it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he likes it, right? But they, you know, but they they knew us from the podcast, yes, right? So, that's so exciting. So this connects back directly to the people who listen, subscribe, like, interact with us. So, like, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. So you we know, it's, it's swag. It's a uh, it's a partnership. Yeah, but I mean, like we we don't get paid for this, so no. anything that we can get in way of a perk. Beyond yeah. just like spending an hour with each other and you guys is just is great. So yeah. um, so I got my swag bag. Dang it. It arrived. Mine's not here. 
It arrived yesterday. Uh, so so we're recording this on Thursday before the premiere. So I yeah. received mine on Wednesday. So the, they wanted to have, to have this in time to enjoy it for this, the premiere. So there yes. will be there will be photos of us cheersing across time zones. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> oh, I have another announcement. Yeah. Possibly for episode two and for episode three, we will be podcasting together. <gasps> That's right. I forgot. How come we have so many announcements? I know. It's crazy. Because (laughs) this is our schedule, Sheila. It's just too much. It is. Next week. I can't believe I'm going to actually meet you in person. (laughs) For the first time ever. In Houston, Texas. In Houston. Yes, I'm coming there. Welcome to the best state ever. Sorry. That that is quite all right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm coming to Texas and I'm going to be in the Houston area. A friend of mine is getting married and I'm vaccinated. I'm going to be boosted. So I will be traveling. And while I was in the Houston area, I said to the pod clubhouse folks in the Texas office, I'm like, I need to see you guys. Yes. And we we are making that happen. And we are going to we're going to make the best of the time and we are going to podcast. That is what we do. Heck yeah. I cannot wait. Podcasting in person is is way more fun, to be honest. I only do it in my little hovel. I do it in the I do it in the back bathroom of my house. I know it's really <laughs> it's mo- not glorious. It's a lot of fun to be able to see your facial expressions and then also be able to like mute myself and then make like funny gestures, like stop doing that or like time out or whatever. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> like give you the evil eye. Like no, I'm just kidding. Wrap it up, but, girl. Yeah. <laughs> But it's way fun. I will not tell you how much finagling and juggling of childcare that I'm trying to arrange for next week. Just don't worry about it. It will get done. I will figure it out. We will make it happen. Even it if they have happen. to come along and... No, they're not coming. But oh, okay. somebody <laughs> somebody will be here. Nice. So. What else do we have in the announcement category? Um, We have a, our playlist. Yeah, I've been adding to the playlist a little bit. And not just Ryan Bingham songs either. <laughs> We're rounding it out, I promise. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, we have a link to it on our website. And it's called Yellowstone Tunes. Pod Clubhouse brings you songs from Yellowstone by Pod Clubhouse. So if you look up Pod Clubhouse, Yellowstone Tunes, Sheila, Steph, you'll find it. Um, Yellowstone Tunes. So that's what you need to look for. Pod Clubhouse brings you songs from Yellowstone. And we've been adding to it, and we're going to add more to it. We're going to have songs from Season 4, Episode 1's premiere. So you'll have that at the second that it drops. I'm all about the music lately, too. Yeah, just being... So I rewatched Season 3 and getting ready for Episode 1 of Season 4. So, like, I, I'm I'm back. I'm back in the, the Montana yes. way of life and, you know, <laughs> looking over my shoulder, making sure that, you know, nobody's coming up behind me with, you know, a cooler <laughs> or anything like that. Right? <laughs> Did you open the box or were you scared? The oh, box of I literally water. did not want to open the, the ranch water box because I'm like, it said Yellowstone on it. I'm like, I, I've watched this show too much to know that I don't open up boxes because we don't know how Beth turned out from opening right? that box while well, her assistant oh. opened that box. I'm pretty oh. going to, I'm going to wager that that assistant is no longer with us. Uh, pretty sure. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, wait, we have one more announcement. There's a game, right? Oh, Yes. There is. There is. I have, I have my list. I have my list of announcements before we can get. We're already like eleven minutes in. I know we gotta get through. <laughs> is it a Twitter only game or is it also no, on a website? So findingyellowstone.com. 
you can go and check out. So on Twitter, Yellowstone's Twitter feed, every day at noon, they're starting to drop clues and they drop three clues per day. And you have a chance to win a trip to the Chief Joseph Ranch where they film the Dutton Ranch. Like, so Yellowstone proper. The set of Yellowstone is based on this Chief Joseph Ranch. And Mm -hmm. they're sponsoring a trip, I think it's for four people, to... Sheila. What? I'm your best friend. Of course you are. You want to take me? I do want to take you. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm, Just... I'm going to invite Cole Hauser and I'm going to invite Kelsey Asriel. <laughs> <laughs> and we can do a live interview together at the Chief okay. Joseph Ranch. Yes. <laughs> but Cole Hauser unfortunately has to be in Rip costume. Of course. <laughs> yeah, he can't be blonde. <laughs> so that was one question that I did have that I didn't get asked. It was like, how was he cast in this role? Like, did somebody see him in this? I have no idea. Aesthetic or like, did he don some sort of like beard, mustache, prosthetics and things like that? But that it was, I mean, it was a five minute interview. What can you really get done in five minutes? But Mike did a really great job. I mean, I don't know if he was talking as fast as I'm talking right now, but yeah. <laughs> I he think did. we're a little excited. I, think, I know, I know. I need to, I need to bring it down. So anyway, the game. So the game is, yeah. yeah. So you have a chance to win a trip to this Chief Joseph Ranch in Montana, and you could enter like every hour on the hour. So like the first clue, the first, you know, hours clue is like, this one's in the Eastern time zone. So Mm -hmm. with this game, I wanted to tell you that I think, and I don't care if it's right or wrong or not, I am taking this as a personal shout out to this podcast because the the very first day so what they're doing is they're putting up the entrance to yellowstone you know how it has like the timber pillars and it says you know dutton ranch across it Mm -hmm. they have set up the yellowstone marketing team the crack marketing team that they're just so great they've set up these entrance ways at like strategic locations around the country and you have to guess from the game where they are and this is how you win based on the number of you know chances that you have to win and the first one was in new york city in Manhattan in Herald Square. I did not get to go there today. In New York City. In New York City. Like, it's in Herald Square. It's all closed off to traffic, so there's, like, a walking pedestrian walkway. Uh And they just set it up there. The second day was in Texas. So there is no way you can tell me that that is not a coincidence. (laughs) That you and I both, we live in New York and Texas, respectively, and the first two days of this nationwide contest is where Sheila and Steph from Pod Clubhouse bringing you Yellowstone podcast every week, all the way back to episode one of season one, live. Of course. So I am taking the... They love us. Take it for what it is. They did Georgia (laughs) after that. They did Seattle after that. Okay, great. But days one and two, when everybody was paying attention, is New York and Texas. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm taking that as a nod from Yellowstone. And we thank you very much for listening and acknowledging and just keep those interviews coming because we just need to get more and more and more Yellowstone. So... Of course. I, I think that's it. Okay, I 15 so. minutes in. Are we ready to oh, talk goodness. about the episode? Yes. <laughs> so sorry. Yes. So sorry to the I have been waiting so long for this episode and for this moment where I could talk about it. So we were supposed to have this way back in June, right? Originally, yes. the, the premiere date was June. And then we heard grumblings that it was going to be after the Olympics, which was in August. And then August kind of came and went. I was kind of losing hope a little bit. I didn't know what was going on. I was thinking, oh, great. Taylor Sheridan only cares about 1886 or 89, whatever it was. Yeah, 83? What is it? 
83? The new show he's doing. 83 or 81? 1881? 18, I'm so... We should <laughs> know this. We, we did, know we did this. a whole promo show about it. Um, but. but I was like, man... 1883. That's... He's too busy to finish Yellowstone. But like, then I'm he's sure also it's... doing Yellowstone, Texas. Like the I other... thought that one was called the Four Sixes. Or Three Sixes. Three Sixes, sixes. yeah. Oh my gosh. I but that's like also coming. So we were like, there's no way that they can lose Yellowstone proper no. in this shuffle. And then finally we get the November 7th premiere date. Which, in honesty, like it when it was announced at the end of August that this was coming for November, I was like, that is so far Far. from now. And I blinked and we're here. I know. And you're like, hey, are we recording tomorrow? Like, wait, what? Wait, what? What? Who? What? Wait. Next week. No, this week. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. I was so confused. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, this was like literally been holding my breath for a year. Yeah, because what, 15 months, literally. 15 you and months. I talked about our last episode of season three that everyone just got shot to shit. Yeah, everyone just was attacked by someone or some buddies. So, or somebody. <laughs> and it just looked like everybody was dead. It looked so hopeless. And. You know, you and I, in the very last episode that we talked about season three, we talked about who we likely thought survived. Yeah. And basically, we thought Casey was the most likely to have survived only because of the desk. Yes. And that he probably, with his military training, was able to get low enough in order to evade fire. Right. Beth was the next least likely to be alive. Mm -hmm. Her office was blown apart. There was a box that was there was a box that was delivered to her office. Yeah. It did not say Yellowstone Pot Clubhouse on it. Um, <laughs> we don't think her assistant opened up the box. Beth was cleaning out her office. Right, she just gotten mm-hmm. fired, and the box came, and she told her assistant, "No, no, no, don't open it." But it was already too late. And then boom, she was. And we we had made the remark that she was holding alcohol in her hands, which could not have boded well in the ensuing explosion. Yeah. So we didn't know where Beth stood right at the end and then john was the one that we thought most likely was not alive right because of how bullet riddled he was and he's out in the middle of nowhere with no cell service from well his the, the poor mom who his got, phone was one of the yes. the bullet holes like yes. so yeah so it the, did not look good. It was the placement of his phone it was like right over his like heart and yes. chest area and his phone kind of like saves the kill shot yeah if you will so he's got no cell phone service uh mom and kid who cares at this point because they were probably in on it and one really did seem like that did note is that this was because we had gone back and watched so many times that you and i had talked about john in the first episode of season three is up at the camp with tate I don't know if it's episode one or episode two, but he's talking about like Tate's having bad dreams because he's recovering mm-hmm. from the kidnapping at the end of yes. season two. And John tells Tate that he has a dream where he stops alongside the road. And there's somebody who needs help. But in his dream is like the person really doesn't want to have help. And it's mm-hmm. it's very ominous. And there's some sinister music playing behind it. You hear the wolves because they're up at camp. Right. And then that's how season three end so we, we we're giving ourselves pats on the back for being observant good tv watchers but yeah that's where we kind of left off because it didn't look like anybody was really surviving this except for casey right and it seemed like it was orchestrated by jamie but also could be market equities or willa hayes and also could be rainwater and angela 
we even threw in the motorcycle gang. Do you remember the motorcycle gang? Oh, yeah. That, you know, there was this big, like, you know... <laughs> they ran over their motorcycles, and they don't like that. No, and then there was this whole, like, bloody thing in the field, and John came back and, you know, made them... They were going to burn the field, and John made them dig graves. It was very sinister. <laughs> like, season three was very dark. Yeah. But, yeah, so we had, like, a lot of different scenarios. But you and I kind of settled on Jamie having... Mm-hmm. About 500 million reasons yeah. to orchestrate this and reconnecting with his father was giving him sorts of feelings about maybe being emboldened, empowered. Well, I just watched that last episode right before getting on the phone with you. So, <laughs> And Jamie's dad is saying, like, we are killers. Like, you're a Randall. He's also a Dutton. So that was reminding me that his dad was like, this is who you are. Like, you are a killer. And that John never loved you and never cared for you. He only cares about his ranch. That's the thing that kind of stuck with me was that, you know, he said, yeah, he might have raised you, but he didn't love you. Right. You know, so Jamie probably reminiscing that all of his life that he was always treated a little bit more like a like a ranch hand like that yes. he was not quite an equal um no. and if you go back and watch there's lots of evidence to show that like especially in the interactions with him and john and this is what going back and watching season mm-hmm. one and season two with the the lens of what we knew in season three gave us this insight into to what now to look for and i remember saying in one of our podcasts that i just didn't understand why john and beth treated jamie like that and it's like, I need more. Well, this is this is more. Like, he's not actually a dead. You know, like, we got that background that we needed to understand. But we, just... we also didn't think that Beth knew that truth. Yeah, that's unclear. But she makes it very clear in this episode. Yes. Right, so. So, I was very excited at the opening scenes of this episode. This was season one, drama, come back alive. I needed, I loved it. Helicopters, I mean, shootouts. It was epic. And it was awesome. There was no break from where season three left off. Like, this was a continuation of the finale. Yes. So your cold, so your good. cold open for this this episode was five minutes after yes. this all happened. Beth staggering out. Mm-hmm. Casey on the pursuit. John just. I think the way that it opened with the black was it a crow? What is it? Yeah, crow. It's like a crow or something. It's a crow. Sorry, my brain isn't working today. With the crow, and he scrawled in blood. To what to look for, the, like yeah. where it was going, and the description of the van. Like that to me was just devastating. This man was facing facing down his mortality, and yeah. this is his last act. How Rip found him, I don't know, but Rip just like racing around the bend. I was, I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like Rip to the rescue. And then I was like, oh shit, Rip is. Gone. <laughs> so the the trailer, I don't know. Did you see the trailer back when it came out? I think it was in like September. Yeah. And it was like, everybody pays. And I, I took it as not everybody, everybody pays. Yeah. And it was Rip just coming after everybody. It was just like Rip here, Rip there. And then it was like Walker and these all different ranch hands. And it was just chaotic. And this opening was just everything that I wanted. I wanted to know where things continued yes. from. I didn't get a lot of answers, but that's no. okay. 
Yeah, I didn't want us to come back and see us at a funeral or at a hospital, but like I wanted this. I wanted right. the car chase, the shootout, the it was awesome. Beth not being able to hear but asking for mm-hmm. a cigarette yeah. and her clothes I thought like to half myself blown like girl don't do that you're going to blow yourself up. Right. Like you're still combustible. Probably, yeah, you're probably still combustible. Uh, okay, so let's start with John. So we see him laid out on the roads, drenched in his blood. He barely is hanging on. Right. Is he alive? Is he dying? Like at the end of this episode, Sheila, is he going to make it even after episode one? Like, I'm not quite sure. I think John is on borrowed time at this point. Exactly. That's my point. Because I don't know. he's had... He's had some pretty catastrophic things happen to him in the last couple of seasons. Uh, he had the ruptured ulcer where the vet had to oh, cauterize yeah. him and things like that. So, you know, like he's got some problems. But this, I feel, is a time bomb kind of waiting to happen. Like he's... They said he had a blood clot at one point. Right. Right. He was in induced coma. So he yeah. was he was shot up and then they... You get... So, all right, let's, let's, let's get him to the hospital. All right, so let me back up. Rip finds him, right, in this bloody mess. And, you know, he scrawled his message about the two-tone van, which way they were headed. And Rip is able to get that information to Casey, who's able to figure that out. But back to John, Rip gets him airlifted to a hospital because right. John is, like you said, he's he's dying. Fast forward two months, six weeks, whatever it ends up being. He's in the hospital. He's he's in induced coma. Right. Because of a blood clot. He kind of wakes up and it's scary. But at the same time, like, he's John Dutton. So what does he do? He basically (laughs) signs himself out. Yeah. But he's in visible pain throughout this entire episode. Yeah. I mean, he's not walking upright. No. And he's holding his side as he's coming downstairs because, let's face it, gravity hurts. He's still recovering. Like, he's still Mm -hmm. not... He's a 63 or 64 year old man at this point in the show. So he's also had multiple gunshot wounds, a blood clot. He's been in a coma. So, you know, there, yeah. there's other problems. Well, but at he one just point, fires um, the nurse. He's just yeah. like, nope, you're out of here. You're out. Get out. And he starts at drinking. At one point, <laughs> um, Beth, yeah, Beth mentions the word hospice bed. Yeah. And I was like, hospice? Like, okay, that's different. But may, I, I didn't know if that was just like, I th- I, something I, to ignore I or think did it was that like actually mean theatrics maybe for jamie yeah to make him feel bad but to get a thinking, reaction out of him but i immediately noticed that like hospice okay this is same he's not gonna make it but then i'm also like this show doesn't do anything without intention so Correct. maybe there's a read between the lines that you and i maybe need to keep an eye on to see because like i said like borrow time was like the sort of takeaway for john that i got and even one of my notes was that this is as human as we've seen him since the camp with tate yeah when he's with exactly. the ranch hands and he like in his own oh, way he, the emo- this is as close to emotion that we've seen from him yeah right he thanks the ranch hands like you know it's not what you bargained for but i'm you know grateful nonetheless for protecting him and his family and he's choked up yeah i was really glad to see that he did that like you said it sort of made him human again and and made him a kind of character that we can like because he's genuinely thankful that they saved his family I mean, yeah, like that's not what any of these people signed up for. So I think it would be definitely nice to hear if I was in their shoes. I'm just concerned where this season is going to take him because yeah, his healing is only half done. And he's just like, screw that. Like, I got mm-hmm. shit to do. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go with him. I'm worried because I don't think that he's going to share how off kilter he mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and I don't want to be right about this. Agreed. So after John, we saw John get shot. We saw Beth get blown up. We saw Casey get attacked. So in this first episode, we see that actually the whole ranch is under attack. That I was not expecting. I was not expecting to see Monica attacked in the house. I was really shocked at that because I was expecting the opening to be the the fallout from what happened at the Mm -hmm. end of season three i was not expecting new drama and i really feel that like that's when i stopped breathing yes (laughs) i was like wait there's more like there's more happening here which is crazy because you know we we got john sort of getting wrapped up in his rescue with rip and casey taking the 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 fight you know down the Mm -hmm. roads of montana and then Beth with her bewilderment. We'll get to all that. But I was not expecting what happened to Monica and Tate and the ranch hands to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Someone in the house, like she's on the phone with Casey when he gets attacked, which is terrifying enough. And she doesn't know if he's alive or dead at this point. Then she's running for cover. And then there's like this dude that just tackles her and starts banging her head on the floor. I'm like, I'm like hello, head injury. Oh, she's, my God. It's been like six months since her head injury. <laughs> Maybe oh, all right, it's longer. I know, but you're right. And then poor Tate. I can't even say it. Tate uh, has this, a rescue. I don't even have words. I Uh-uh. It's not okay. It sucks. <laughs> I think... The lack of hesitation, I'm trying like for searching for the word, the lack of hesitation that Tate had yeah. in getting that shotgun is nature versus nurture. I think yeah. nature has won because he is Dutton. I think he's less long. He's more Dutton. And I think that's going to scare Monica once oh. life calms down because hmm. that was not a lot of time. That's so... Again, I go back and watch these episodes two to three times before we record. So I I go in and I just watch the first time and I'm just like, okay, take it in. Just come to mama. (laughs) And then the next time I start going in, I take some notes. And then the third time in is if I have questions, I go back and I watch it again. The third time in, I was just like, there was not a lot of time in between this happening and Tate blowing this guy to bits. Yeah, he's not over there like crying in the corner. No, he and he looks as cool as a cucumber. I mean, he looks a little scared. He looks older. He looks a lot older. I don't I like know. that. This I don't is, either. This is little tight, you know, with his, Poor you know, his, you know, killing a rattlesnake in the drain. Yeah, he looks <laughs> a lot older. He looks a lot older. But I mean, it, there just was not a lot of time, Steph, mm. that elapsed between the start of the attack and him pulling the trigger. Yeah. The look that Monica turns around and gives him, I'm not sure if it's horror at what just happened in the kitchen or horror at what her son yeah. is becoming. Hmm. So I'm you hope- are so deep. Oh, I don't know about that. But I'm hoping <laughs> that there's an exploration of that because I think this is going to like, like as a mom, like I would just be like, knowing what we know about all these people, I'd be like, you need to get away from this ranch, yeah. child of mine. That was like hmm. very... 
very much a, a tell for me because you and I talk so much about Monica's struggle with yeah. this family. And, yes. you know, one of the very last things we talked about in um, episode nine of last season was this conversation after she had that. Um, you know, when she was out in the wood and not in the woods, out, out in like the, the open field and she like lured this yeah. guy. And then, you know, she's, you know, they're talking about homeschooling. Like, do we go to meet the teacher night? And Casey's saying that everything that he needs to know is here on the ranch. We should homeschool him because he's going to run this one day. So he needs to, you know, know. That he, yeah. And you and I were so uncomfortable with the notion that Monica was just going to like be like, OK, fine. He can just homeschool. And we're like, no, he just took advantage of the most tired moment of her life to kind of capitalize on this moment. And we were just like, not OK with this and we said it's going to come back but they're going to come back and revisit this because this is not the end of the conversation because she struggles so much with casey around his dad like she thinks casey's a good guy on his own but once he gets around his family like literally like the black cloud follows him and she struggles she struggles with her heritage and she struggles with what living on this ranch means for her people And I just feel like this is a really good jumping off point for her to have another crisis of faith with Casey. Mm. That's when one thing we didn't see is like a recap from Monica and Tate after the fact. So that will be interesting to see. There was no time. There was too much no, stuff still. No, I just up. mean like at the end of the episode, we didn't see oh, them right, again. No. Mm-hmm. I know at the end of the episode. No, we got that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like running across the ranch to you know, hide in the bunkhouse and, uh, okay. What is going on? All these ranch hands are like fighting people, like dragging people. What the heck? Someone's just got hung. I was like, wait, is that a body? Yeah. I I had to rewind that a couple of times. Like, wait, what did I just see here? And the way that they did it, it was so chaotic. It was so like cutting from what is happening. Laramie's, you know, crying up against the barn. Then Walker's, you know, crossing the the corral in a couple of steps with a shotgun draw and shoots it yeah so yeah what's happening there there's there's bodies and we don't know yet who's who's who in the family zoo here who's alive who's dead and who's (laughs) you know who's Mm -hmm. winning and i mean like obviously the ranch hands are gonna you know have this coordinated attack because they've gotten good at it in the last couple months you know, keep in mind with the ranch hands, we now have branded. So Jimmy's branded, Rip is branded. Now we have Colby, Teeter, yeah. and Ryan. Yep. Are also branded. I feel like Jake should be branded at this point. Like he's on the I fringe know, right? of enough. He moved that river way back when. He was all part <laughs> he of the moved a river. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Dan Jenkins in the that was yep. all the way back in season one? <laughs> I sure do. Moved a river. Moved a river. So yeah, so that that's all just it's chaos. Yeah. The hanging body was like the, I was like, oh my God. Okay. Well, that's when Monica like, grabs Tate's head and like yes. turns it away. Like as if that's going to do anything for the kid who literally 10 seconds ago just shot a man in his kitchen. Oh my gosh. This is insane. Yeah. We find out that the cabin is burnt to the ground. And I mean, it's just, it was an so all was, out attack on was every that cabin front. that yes. was burned. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Why Rip's cabin and not. I don't know. Well, if it's Jamie, then that makes sense. Because I'm sure he would have found the addendum to the the estate that named him an heir, right? I just felt like it was an all-out attack on all fronts of everything done. Like, their property, their... I'm surprised there weren't any dead animals. But there were. At the end of episode... uh, Season 3, there was a dead horse. Right. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like animals, property, all the Duttons, right? Yeah. Like and you're then, just good. And you attack the home. But now yeah. if it's Rip's cabin that got burned and not John's, cause John moved into Lee's cabin, the foreman's cabin. Right. Mm-hmm. And Rip got the lodge, right? That's what they called it. I don't know. That's too many cabins. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but like why burn Rip's and not John's? All the other ones. Yeah. Right. So like if that's John's quote unquote home, cause he moved out to make room for Monica and Casey and Tate, and I didn't even think about that until now. Like, I feel like that's sending a message to Rip. Be like, I, I got your number, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, you might think you're part of this family, but I just burned your home. Like, what does Rip right. really have? You know, he, he spends all his money on, you know, headstones and taking mama's ring off her. I was going to say, <laughs> digging up his mother. Oh, yeah. my God. Can yeah. we not do that again, please? Yeah, don't don't want to do that. Although at the end of like episode 10 last season, I did say, I was like, well, you know, it might just be putting it from one finger or dead finger onto oh, another dead no. finger. Sheila. But no, it's okay. Yes. Beth is okay. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. kind of. Kind of. So Beth, she surprisingly survives this. I did not really. I mean, of course, Beth's going to survive, but that was pretty bad attack. And she really is because she's in pretty bad shape. Maybe her wounds aren't internal like John's, but ooh my gosh, yeah, she's we get literally like on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like she's coming out of that building and she's like, I'm surprised she's got hair at that point. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's just bewildered and like literally half her clothes are blown off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, oh no, like she literally just. This is my notes. She literally just healed from the Beck beating. Like her face was yes. finally like getting back to like a less swollen less bruised situation and now this goes and happens i did sort of notice it might just be like reading too much into it that she uh we didn't ever see that side of her face again through the rest of the episode like her ear was never oh, revealed that is a good point so it was i was really thinking bloody. yeah i was thinking i wonder if she even her side of her head was like oh but then she wouldn't have any hair at two months i don't know i i think too literally about this stuff like i do too and I was your burned like, skin would not be that healed after two months i don't no. believe no definitely not even with skin grafts or whatever it is yeah and then i guess casey so we're, we okay oh, so yeah. we still haven't taken a breath as this whole 13 minutes of the mm-hmm. the opening is, is happening i was not breathing no and i told you because i watched it before you i was like make sure you remember to breathe before the opening sequence <laughs> so this part with Casey had me the most nervous. So Casey's segment here happens in two two scenes, like two cuts, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we see that he survives the attack because he was smart. He flipped his desk and all the rest of it. But then Beth comes out and then Monica and Tate have this, this intruder in the kitchen. And then Casey's drama sort of happens mm-hmm. here, right? The way that they set this up, I'm starting to bite my nails really badly because like the stirring theme music was starting as he, so he, he sustains like these multiple gunshots from, they, they find the van, right? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen with this van? I mean, exactly what happened. It was a van that had every law enforcement officer like coming to find it. So I don't know how many people I expected to be in the van coming out shooting with, endless rounds of ammo but it was this was like a war battle i mean there was so many automatic weapons police cars being shot to hell tires windows everything being blown out and casey gets shot 
Yeah. Twice. It looked like twice. Right? Like once it looked like underneath the bulletproof vest at the waist. Like was, yeah. Like in like his lower abdomen kind of area. Very, very bad place to get hit because there's just lots of internal organs there. There's intestines. And and then he gets shot in his like upper chest, like shoulder almost shoulder, area. Yeah. But he, the way that he falls, he staggers. And then the stirring music behind it, because I didn't notice that in the first watch. I noticed it in the second watch. The music started up. But I was like, why am oh. I so like agitated? Why am I so nervous? And the music was it was it was the slow, slow down theme music. Ah. And I was like, oh, this is very looking very, very bad for him. So then Dottie's screaming for, like, the multiple gunshot wounds, officer down. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't yeah. I can't breathe. And then, so because, like, everything that... I wasn't expecting everything that was happening at the ranch to be, like, the extension of that sort of finale, that season finale from season three. Right. And I, I thought that Casey was okay. Like, they lulled me into a false sense of security. <laughs> and then, like, like, don't you take him away in minute seven. Yeah. Because you and I were convinced the end of last season that somebody was going Died. to die. I know. And we thought maybe it was going to be Jimmy. Like, he would be, like, the one who was, like, given up. Yeah. I think we had been like, yeah. It's, we didn't have That's high the hopes. only person you can afford to lose at this point is Jimmy. Right. But. I, and not to say that anything against Jefferson White. He brings a ton to the to the show. Yeah. And we, we love Jimmy Hurtstrom. And you know, we, we, we rooted for him all, like, season three. But we figured that somebody had to go. And yeah. with this happening with Casey, it, it didn't it didn't sit well with me, but he's OK. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. He looks uh, he looks not OK, like mentally, though. No, no, definitely not. Like when I we see like, him Whoa. later, definitely when we see him later in the episode, like my notes are like he looks like a shell of a human being. Yes, he does. He not comes look in, he's okay. in his sniper gear, the, the camo sniper gear. It's called a ghillie suit. Like he's like in camo. Yeah, he's in full camo. Like he's carrying like the head that it would go around him to like keep him camouflaged. But he just doesn't look human. He looks like he's still in Afghanistan. Yeah. That was, but that was the opening. That was the opening where we, we, you know, find out what happened, John, Beth, Casey, and then the further attack on Casey and the ranch and just, (sighs) and then it looks like John's about to die, you know, as he's getting on the care flight and Rip's telling him not to die. And it's just like, what in the world? And then just like, Eh, we're going to go back to 1893. Then we like, get what? a break. I yeah. was like, what just well, happened? Well, we needed, seriously, though. I guess Did so, you not but... need a reprieve at that point? And you and I don't get commercial breaks. No. So, you know, this was just 56 minutes just straight through of just... But I was not expecting that far back. I was like, uh, okay. What do you think that the point of this part of the episode was? And my husband had pointed out that that's Tim McGraw who played the dad. Which did not look like him at all. I kind of don't believe him. Shut up. No. Is That's it? what he's... Hold he on. He told me. I know. It did sound like him after he said that, but I was like, no way. He looks totally different. But not that that matters. But it would be really cool if Tim McGraw was in an episode of Yellowstone. But we just sort of flash back. I guess this is pretty close within a few years of when the Duttons took possession of this land now called the Yellowstone. Okay, so I'm going to go just back a second. Um, So Tim McGraw is in the prequel, 1883. Yes. So... He might be in the... So this might... Because, yeah, so we don't get 
anything with credits or anything like that. But oh. yeah, so he's he's posting pictures on Instagram recently behind the scenes on uh, 1883. Yay. So it would make sense then that he's the dad. But I did That'd not cool. glean that that was Tim McGraw. I'm going to have to go back a, a fourth time. Well, I have to watch it when it premieres anyway. So Yeah, so we're watching on Sunday anyway. Because we get surprises when we go back and watch it like on tv because Mm -hmm. sometimes there's songs that we don't get to see and sometimes there's like special effects and things like that that we don't see so i'm gonna have to go back and see if that is tim mcgraw because yeah it's hard to tell without a cowboy hat and you know he's got a full beard and a full like fur coat yeah type of situation so and he's not sounding very tim mcgraw like so so this is probably around the time that the Duttons took possession of this land. And then they, the Indian tribe is there wanting to bury their ancestor. Talking, like, wh- what's your take on this whole conversation about this was our land, this is your land? Like, And then about wanting just to bury his father where no one would find him. And Is it just a preview for the show? What I kind of thought about it was a couple of different things. It was just like, one of those kids is definitely John's grandpa. I was wondering, I was trying to do the math on that and decide if it was. So it was. It came out, I think, in episode, not episode, in season three, that he's about 63 years old. And his father died when he was like in his 90s, right? Like that's, remember, we saw that at the end yeah. of like uh, season two. I keep saying episode, but season 90, two. You're right. Yeah. And so like just in going back and doing the math, to me, one of those two kids, I'm assuming it's going to be the older kid just because he was more vocal, mm-hmm. would be John Dutton's grandpa. Oh, right. Not his dad. Not his dad. Right. It exactly. Would be, yeah, okay. So that's that, what like, I was thinking too. John's grandpa. Yes. I assumed one of those kids. I liked this scene because it showed that this Mr. Dutton, I don't know, I didn't catch his first name, that Mm -hmm. he has a sort of respect for the Native American tribe that I wasn't expecting given the time that it is. It's 1893. Yeah. And he is respectful of the, the Native Americans' wishes. He offers them food. I think this is way his way of saying, like, I'm in my mind, I was like, what did I take away from this? I said, his theory is that I'm going to catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this way, I guess if he's kind to them, like, they're not going to kill his family. They're not going to. Right. I mean, they have no legal recourse just because of the time frame that it is. But I was just thinking that, you know, he's he's got a very evolved way of thinking that was probably not the norm in 1893. Right. I just liked this interplay between them. I liked the conversation that he was thoughtful. He was introspective. And he said, yeah, he goes, you can do that. Um, I'll respect those wishes. And then also extending that olive branch of saying that, you know, you can take a steer, you can feed your, your folks. Yeah. If 1883 is coming out soon, I thought this was a really good way to make it interesting for people to want to watch because already you've got this tense situation and now you've got sort of a middle ground where they can work together. And I got a very dances with wolves kind of a feeling mm-hmm. from this. And, you know, like kudos to Kevin Costner because that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was all him with all of his you know directing and all of his Oscars that, you know, are sitting on his mantle right now because of that movie. But I just liked where this was placed just gives us you know an insight into like the relationship with the land and the way in which this evolution has happened like so 
it's going to be interesting to see because I don't think that this is going to be the end of those types of flashbacks. And if it is a hook for mm-hmm. the 1883, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And we got to go back and see if that is Tim McGraw. So we're going to have to watch and yeah. see, you know, carefully <laughs> where this all goes to. Maybe there will be more singing. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be like all these cameos like Garth Brook walks by the background. <laughs> like, yeah. We're going to have to figure out how like 2021... Hey, how 2021, you know, Walker and, you know, 1883 Tim McGraw can sort of do like a, a yeah. ghostly duet or something. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, okay. So, random side note. I know we don't. But I hate when shows do that. Like Grey's Anatomy did this one like musical episode. Oh. And so do all these other shows. I hate when they do the musical episode. Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, what do you mean by a musical episode? I'm trying to like... Like, it's like a t- It's like, take the series of, okay, How I Met Your Mother. Uh-huh. A show, there is no singing. No one on there is musical. Right, it's not, like, okay, like a musical, like a musical musical. Got a it. A musical episode where there's dancing, there's court, there's background. Choreographed like, dancing. No, it is not that kind of show. I this hate This is not real life, that. people. <laughs> like, this Gra- is not Grey's Anatomy did it. It was terrible. How Much Your Mother Did It, it was terrible. Like, my least favorite episode of all time. So if the if Yellowstone ever did a musical, They're I'd not. be out. They're they not. will not. But I'm just no. saying, I hate when shows do that. They'll have the horses okay. doing a little background. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. Back, back on track. Back okay, on track. okay, okay, okay. So, focus, Sheila. Focus. Um, then we're sort of like two months past this apocalyptic attack. Right, yeah. We kind of get like a timeline here. Like, I you don't know. think that that's enough time. no. But for, for okay. any of this to have happened, no. Yeah. Beth's healing here is, we are. is the, the most questionable in that two-month yeah, time frame. I'm like, what? Okay. So apparently it's August. So we're sort of back at John in the hospital. He's recovering. I'm a little surprised that Beth was shocked to see him standing. Was he in a coma? And, like, she dropped the mug and... Yeah, so I feel that he was, like, in an induced coma because the doctor was concerned about him up and walking because yeah, there's the a blood, blood clot. clot that they're trying to treat, and I guess they're trying to to dissipate that. So having him in a coma, induced, medically induced, but I, I, I'm assuming that, you know, he was yeah. able to... He's pushing through the, the, the fog. But this is a great setup, then, for introducing Carter, who's... This new character that's introduced to us is played by Finn Little. Mm-hmm. What was your take on this? Okay, so what did he, who did he remind you of? Because he reminded me of somebody very specific. Of course, yeah, he's a definitely like a metaphor or a representation of like a young Rip, sort of this like abandoned, disheveled, orphaned, curly-haired kid. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like a Rip-like character. It's just he's cute. Because he's like, I dropped out of school. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you're so cute. No, you didn't. Go back to school. And she's so like, she's mean. She's mean to him. <laughs> and he's like, whatever. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, he took it or whatever. <laughs> right. He he did. Like he just sat there and like you know took her, you know, barbs. I love that. And like every dig she had for him, he's like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> That's when I died. (laughs) So she doesn't have like much hope for his future. So she doesn't care about giving him a cigarette until she learns that he's 14. Yeah. Then all of a sudden. And I mean, like I might have to go back and like do my homework and see like the episode where we met Rip. I believe Rip was 14. Mm -hmm. That might be some trivia. But John gave him a sandwich, not a cigarette. 
you know. True, but Beth is not John, <laughs> right? And you and I have chided uh, Beth for her lack of emotional intelligence, her lack of, you know, understanding a situation. So that's, that's you know, that's I expected made... nothing less from her. John doesn't yes. smoke. If John smoked, he would have offered Rip a cigarette. Right. <laughs> but her being so tender and kind to this poor kid when she realizes what's why they came out there to get him. It it was really just touching. It was moving to see I her. I was surprised to see that she went in with Carter to yeah, like me too. witness the final moments between this boy and his father who has failed him. And I love that she was an advocate for him. Like just stop with this bullshit. Right, don't do the platitudes. Like just tell him. Yeah. Come on. I don't know about you, but I got like a little teary eyed when like she like reached over and like after it was all said and done and he said his piece, he she reached over and she just like touched his head and it was such yeah. a loving I, I said like she caressed his head. Like it was like this motherly like I do this to yeah. my kid without even thinking about yes, it. Like, I do it all the time. like you just like they walk by and you just grab their head and it's just like, Oh, I just love you. And yeah. that for me was was that like representation of like like the life that she never could have yeah. it was taken from her and it just i don't know it just got me in the feels i think i was coming down off the hyperventilation yeah. high yeah. of the opening scenes but this was like this was unexpected for me and i'll tell yeah. you one thing that did get me was that when carter did listen to beth's advice and just like let her rip so to speak uh-huh. on his dad and he i mean he's crying he's tearful he yeah. means every word that he's saying but I think the words resonated with her because, like, as much as he physically re- resembles Rip, she also heard herself in him. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I just think that she's found a different purpose. Yeah. Like, she identified with him. And, I, and like, that's what she said. I like your style, you know? Yeah. And I, I wrote down that her and Rip should adopt him. And that that would be like their perfect little dysfunctional family. Cause I mean, he could join somewhere on the ranch. Like I don't, don't think you should be a ranch hand. No, his language but, is salty enough. Like yeah. maybe in the kitchen with Gator. Gator doesn't yeah, seem yeah. to have like, you know, any help and he's always making these feasts. Yeah. So he should just join the crew. Like they get, Beth gets him. Rip would totally be like kind and accepting of him. So he should just come home with them. I think. Would Rip be very kind and accepting of him? I think he might see I him as a threat. he's gentle to kids. He's great with, with Tate, Tate. he was, but yeah. that's different. Tate's Why? not going to be coming to live under his... I don't know. I don't think that he wants to share Beth. I think he's resigned Okay, himself. I wouldn't think... Maybe he's not living in their cabin or whatever. Anyways, I don't know logistically. I'm just saying. It yeah, work. but he should be in the sphere of the Yellowstone. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> because, like, where else is this kid going to go at this point? I know. Like, so Poor that guy. is definitely a nice setup, I think, for yeah. that. We'll see. We we shall see. Then we just switch gears and go to a casino. And I like that we're back in connection with Rainwater and Mo. We didn't miss them in the last uh, episode of season three, but I like when we check in with them. Because there was a moment that we thought that he might be behind the attack. Maybe not, but... It was possible, you know. It's not outside the realm of possibility because Angela Blue Thunder was very unhinged. Yes. And she, you know, they're going to sue Market Equities to not put in the airport. But she was not happy about that. You're like, she was basically was just telling Rainwater that he's not being a man. Like, you're not 
living up to your legacy. Like you're just playing by the rule. Like she was chiding him and just berating him. But she was also like getting so emotional in her deriding yes. him about this as well. Like they, she was, she was teary. So yeah. we were thinking that, you know, maybe she like, you know, kind of went behind Rainwater's back and did something. Mm-hmm. In that conversation at the last episode, she told Mo to make war. Yeah. So I thought, okay, anyways, we're back to the casino. We're kind of finding out that it wasn't really Rainwater behind this because there's some drunk dude bragging to <laughs> Like, he's like the rednecky of the rednecks. Like, what? Like, Come he's like king of the rednecks at this point, And he's, oh my God, this man is horrid. He is horrible. It's like I can smell him from here. Yes. To be honest. Yes. That, that is a very descriptive way to put it but like the the dealer is just like so disgusted with this human being he calls him washichu I don't know if I'm saying it right. It stuck out for me. I'm like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Like, what do you no. mean? Like, what does that mean? I learned that um, I need to, you know, do things on private browsing because, like, eventually <laughs> the FBI is going to come knocking on my door and be like, well, it's more when we're doing the true crime stuff. Yeah. So Wachichu is basically like the Lakota. It refers to a white person, yeah. a non-Indian, non-Native person who is, like, dis- is dishonorable, is greedy, and even Stephen, the dealer, he says, you know, it's not a compliment. It's not a nice word. Yeah. Like the way he said it, he said it like a spit. I really expected the dealer to be the one throat punching him. Oh, I would love to have seen that. I know. I was thinking the dealer wasn't going to keep it together. He had so much restraint. I don't know if I would have. <laughs> Dude is just laying it all out there. He's like, I did more for you getting your land back in the last century than anybody else. And this piques everyone's attention. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Immediately, yeah, that, that pit boss is like, you know, talking his wrist up to the eye in the sky, like, get down here. Right. So that did not take long for them to descend upon him. And there's Mo. I was like, yes. Yes. Love and Mo gets like some speaking parts in this episode, yes. which I was very happy about because he's so restrained. I love him. The, the only real emotion that we got from him was when he was doing the sage around Angela when she came in at the end of last season. He was like needing to sage after she was around. (laughs) So, And we also got some of Moe's backstory, which Mm -hmm. I'm always here whenever they want to go back in time and they like tell me how somebody came to be the person that they are, which is why I never, you know, kind of begrudge these flashbacks. His is awful. Like we don't even go back in time. He just says that like I was in a car seat for three days because two white men like killed my mother. Yeah. That was awful. What was your take on Rainwater saying that he doesn't deserve any mercy and take care of him the way our grandfathers did it. Pretty scary. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? When I saw what that meant, it was a horrible pit in my stomach. When I was younger, there was a man who was dragged to death in very close to my hometown. What? Yes, behind a pickup truck. I looked it up 1998, so I was in 10th grade. Oh, my God. And it was a town that's probably 30 minutes from my town. So everybody knew about it. I mean, it was, it's probably was, I'm sure it was on the national news, but it was a huge deal. Of course, so these three white men drug a black man to death behind their pickup truck. The details of the case would be on the news and the evidence. It was horrible. Oh, my God. It was it was just despicable and it makes my stomach turn and I just cannot imagine how ugh, no so when I saw that I was like no don't do that like I don't know it just meant something a little bit different to me because I remember 
Right. Like, you have details a close about that encounter with this. Yeah. But what did we learn from him? Really? This was like, so this was upon like two watchings. I was just like, wait, what did we learn from him? From Chester Spears? Yeah. Not, I don't know. They, he was whispering it. That's what Mo was doing. He leaned down to like hear what he said. I hope he told us who. So like all we really know is that he was hired. Mm-hmm. He called himself the party planner, right? Yes. He just put people in touch with people who were going to execute this attack. So let me just like follow a theory. Is this mm-hmm. the type of person that Garrett Randall would know? Jamie's dad. Yes. Yeah, right? But also, like, just to throw, you know, fuel on the fire, Margaret Equities found out about Wade Morrow, who used to work at the Yellowstone as a brand, and hired him to do a little shit starring with the Yellowstone, too. So I feel like Margaret Equities might still be on the table. And the last thing that Margaret Equities said was Willa told Rourke to handle this like they handled Yemen. Yes, like an oil deal in Yemen. That's what made me think they would go to these links. They're not just going to sue you. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be more to come because Mo knows more. Hopefully. Than the rest of us. I don't know what I expected when when Rainwater said, like, the tradition, like, we'll do this the way our grandfathers did it. I didn't know what to expect. I know. I didn't either. (laughs) I don't know. Yellowstone has been getting a little graphic (laughs) with, uh, like, you know, cutting out the brand out of Wade last season. And and there was just things... Like Teeter getting injured. There was just things that they did that was just like, wow, that was really graphic. Yeah, I know you're on cable and everything like that, but still don't need to see, you know, the skin being ripped off this dude. Yeah. So I was just, you know, glad that they kind of showed the dragging is a a little bit of far off, not close. But that's what we like, love about Yellowstone is this just, it's so intense. Yeah. I love shows that make me like hold my breath. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the drama was high, and I, I think, like, after the 15-month hiatus, this is what people want to see. That's what I said. I needed the helicopter, like, <laughs> chasing down. Like, I, I missed the, like, shootout car chases, like... I have to say, though, I was laughing when John came home from the hospital. I mean, not laughing, because, but I'm like, yeah. Steve Hendon, Officer Steve, Livestock oh. Agent Steve Hendon oh, is guarding Steve. the front. How is that man still gainfully employed? I know. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> I love it. But I feel like these are also little, like, nuggets that, like, people who've been watching the show religiously are going to be like, yes, how is he still employed? Like, all the little details. I like that we saw, like, Laramie is back in the bunkhouse. <laughs> sleep like next to walker i'm like oh my gosh she's still there we have not talked about jimmy yes did we see mia or did we only see jimmy so in the middle of all that chaos we saw her then but i mean she was searching for jimmy in the midst of like the hanging and the bullets (laughs) she's searching for jimmy and she finds him in the middle of all of this like everyone's off in the other corral and she finds him and he is just not like first of all she turns him over. I'm like, he's got a neck injury. Don't. Right. Don't move him. He's obviously not good. I'm surprised he's alive. I, I really tell. was. Like, we couldn't no. tell from that point, that vantage point, if he was alive or dead because he was just very pliable. But he lives. Poor Jimmy in the rehab hospital. That was like, aw. 
he's not doing great. John is leaving the hospital, sees Jimmy, and that's where like we kind of get the the setup that he's alive, but obviously very paralyzed. We don't know the extent of it because all he's trying to do is like move a ball in his fingers. He's yeah. not walking, right? We can't. He's sitting up, so that's a good sign to me that he's not like strapped to a wheelchair or something like right. that. He's in a neck brace. There, there's problems. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and he's somebody who doesn't have health insurance so he's going to be really concerned about like where this is going to to leave him that's where my mind went to i was like oh my god this man is racking up like hospital you're bills like, like the insurance is not going to cover no. that like, i don't think that they have insurance they all get kind of get paid on a cash basis on that ranch like there's no like ledger you know they're not paying payroll yeah, yeah. taxes the way that they're supposed to be i don't think <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast for you know the micro and macro economic crap. right oh my gosh <laughs> But this leads me to my batch of questions is because John asks Beth what happened to him. And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, that's on the list of things to tell you about. Why doesn't she want to tell him after he gets home and he's fired his nurse and he's settling back in? Why doesn't she want to tell him what's happened? I just feel like she she thinks it's probably just too much or that he's going to like just go off and and try to fix it he's not in a well enough state physically or even probably mentally to like go after handling all of these situations so i mean they've got it handled there's patrol there's like people guarding the ranch there's casey well right this is where we see casey come back in the sniper gear and like he's just looking he's hunting whoever is hunting us is what he says i think they're trying she's just trying to shield him from like dealing with all of it because it He's not well. That's fair. That's a fair statement because yeah. I was just like, he's going to have to know. And if he finds out things like from Tate spilling something or, you know, something by accident, you know, I, I just feel like he's just going to go full nuclear. Yes, and, exactly. And maybe make and some can't... poor decisions. Yes. Whereas if like they're controlling the information, I think he's just going to get so like burnt out. He's just going to be like, rip, fucking tell me. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Rip will do that because Rip follows John's orders. I thought it was very telling that Jamie was missing. Yes. Up until the last 10 minutes or so. Because remember, we weren't quite sure, was he attacked? They didn't show us that. I think we even asked ourselves that question. You know, he, we thought he was behind him, but maybe he wasn't. Was he attacked? What happened? Who did this? So, yeah, we don't know. And then at the very end, we see him. So it's like, he is like no longer a Dutton. He is just checked out. He's He does not care. He's on the phone. Yes, he's on the phone with... Rourke. So that made me come back to the 500 million reasons for him to be in bed with them. And he's up on the details of, of, you know, what's happening with the plan. You know, whatever the jargon that they're using, I wasn't really paying attention. Like things were moving along with the market equities plan. Like I feel like the airport was still happening. So that gave me an injection of, yes, I think we're headed down the right path that Jamie Mm -hmm. was like the mastermind behind this and might have partnered with market equities for the funding, for the coordination, whatever it is, like whatever the oil deal in Yemen criteria is, (laughs) is what he paid for. I mean, he was on board with the market equities plan. But his call is like lovingly interrupted by Beth. Which was the best. This chick throws a freaking mousetrap at him. And it 
like Class's arm. Like, how did that even happen? That was so funny. I was laughing. I was like, oh my gosh. She is fully laying the blame at his feet. Oh, yeah. He's such a wuss. Why is he surprised that she thinks he did this? That's annoying, Jamie. Well, he's That's the annoying. only one that doesn't have scars. The fact that he's like, I don't, what? You think I did this? I'm like, oh and then he's, gosh. but he's such a wuss. He's like, you're threatening a state official. No, I'm threatening my brother and the whole state. Like, right. you're, you are not your office, right? The conversation with Rourke and her knowing it was him and, you know, basically like giving him the middle finger and saying it made me think that he partnered with Market Equities for the the party planner aspect, like that guy that in the casino, uh, Chester, because of their reach, really, because they you and I had talked about, like, how did they find Wade? Like they would have to have some very deep connections in order Mm -hmm. to find him. And the fact that he's one of maybe seven people on the planet that has this brand. Right. So that to me was just like, okay, well, if you, you know, hop into bed with me, Jamie, we'll, you know, we'll make sure that you're taken care of, that you'll get your premium on the dollar for your ranch. You'll make a ton of money and we'll make sure that all your problems go away. If I was Jamie and I paid for this hit on my family, my adopted family, and they Mm -hmm. all freaking lived, I would be like, I want my money back. (laughs) Because you're a terrible hitman. You're a terrible party planner. Oh, my gosh. If that is the case. Beth is on to him. But Beth is like a loose cannon because she's not attached to Schwarzenmeier anymore. Yeah. I did have a moment's pause. I was like, what about all that land that that she bought? You know, the moat around her family's house. So, to me, Beth is very dangerous right now. Because she's on to Jamie. She knows that he's not theirs. He still has legal connection to to the ranch and the estate and whatever else comes next. So, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little concerned for Jamie's well-being. We got a ton of information. We found out where everyone's at. We caught up with everybody. Finally, Jamie was really the one that I was kind of like, yeah, left to wondering about. I'm still not going to let go of the mystery child, though. (laughs) Like, Where's that child at? not that it matters anymore it kind of doesn't but it's like just funny how you're like wait y'all never tied up that bow for me oh with uh, the the staffer the campaign yeah i jamie's know. child yeah yeah i i thought about that too i was like do we want to beat that dead horse but i'm no. still like i think that was just her way of protecting herself because jamie would never want to kill like a dutton child i don't think well, we talked about this a little bit. Like, John goes to the bunkhouse, right? That's the next in the sort of the chronology. We talked about yes. that. But this next part where Beth is in the bar with this married couple. Yeah. What did this do for you? It just confused me. I didn't really, like, why Why did we do that? So the only connection that I have to this conversation is the title of the episode. Beth says the title of the episode in this conversation with this woman. You know, the husband is very chauvinistic and Beth kind of gives her this pep talk saying that she's got half the money and, you know, the uh, the power in which to use it. But, you know, she's trying to empower her to be treated right. But the half the money thing, I was just like, all right, well, what does this title mean? Is this sort of like a foreshadowing of how this season's going to go in terms of like the ranch is Jamie going to outfox uh, John in the 21st century way? Like, I came back to the line that, that Beth had said to Carter, the 21st century is killing John. Right. And I was just so, I, I don't know, I might have been like digging too deep here, but I was like, maybe that's like a foreshadowing of, of how this is going to happen. Because basically that airport was going to cut the ranch in half. Yeah. 
maybe this is how this is going to go. Like there's going to be some sort of a settlement, which is very anti Dutton like, right. but I'm not sure. I don't know. It was just, mm. it had to be placed there for a reason. Yeah. And I'm just trying to like hypothesize around it. I was just confused. Like why? Other <laughs> why? than Beth calming, calming down to not take it out <laughs> on rip, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Beth goes home. And the, the, the one comment I have is that we do see her back. Yes. And my immediate thought was like, have you seen Outlander? Do you watch that show? Yes. Jamie's back. Yes. So Jamie from Outlander, his back and Beth's back almost like look like they could have like oh, no. cut one off the other and put it on the other. So yeah. Talk about graphic. I kind of had It to... was pretty graphic. Yeah. It, just a reminder that the scars are there and with her, like the sting never fades. Like that's what she said to Willa. They're still in a regrouping. Yeah. The strike back is building. They've all been knocked down. They're licking their wounds. And I just feel like we better strap in because... I kind of thought that it would be very dramatic to see sort of Rip's reaction. Like like how we saw him react to John's situation. And he was just, you know, he's trying to save his life. And I kind of wanted to see where he uh, reacted when he saw what happened to Beth. I don't know why I wanted to see that other than just the drama of it. But I just can't imagine like like Rips going. He sees at the end of the last season, he sees this like dead horse. He has to shoot the horse. Then he sees all this other things happening. And then he somehow finds John. And then I just thought we'd see him sort of react to Beth's situation as well. It probably would have distracted from the whole plot, but it just would have been very dramatic, I think. And I just don't know how they would have fit anything more into this episode. Exactly. I mean, it was... It probably did happen in the filming, and maybe we'll get that on like deleted yeah. scenes or something like that. I just feel like, I feel like we saw the aftermath of yes. like what happened to Beth, like in how like cozy they are, and yes. I don't know. There's there's a warmness between them that was growing at the end of last season, but I just like where it's going between them, the dynamic between them. Yeah. It feels very solid. Where Beth was very ambivalent before, until she said, "You know, call me wife." I just like that. That's sort of like continuing it's still yeah. playing itself out like if we would have seen rip react to her after the bombing we probably would have had to see him be the one chasing that guy down and shooting him <laughs> in the middle of the street so i think that they skipped over it for a reason but i like what you're where you're going with it too that it just built their relationship so much closer and and that's the part we get to see and I yeah like, like i too. feel like he's a little more tender but i'm pretty sure i saw beth wearing a a wedding ring oh in okay. a scene I, I need to go back and look but i wrote that down and then whenever i watched it the second time i either missed it or didn't catch it or so it might be my imagination but i thought i wonder if they just decided they were married like Grey's anatomy style and just were like hey. right it's just like de facto yeah. here we are because they are i mean they're they are now like a couple you know together and like they don't have to do the pomp and circumstance in no. order to make what they have to be real you know rip is said he doesn't exist on paper so i think that they're they're common just, law just married. <laughs> just married married they're still in the honeymoon phase although yeah. you know i don't feel like there's any honeymoon with these people all right so the the, okay. the final seconds of this episode we got to pour one out for rourke oh i know it is is there more of a rip way to <laughs> like assassinate somebody than the way that this one played out like, this was uh, as oh sinister as the very second that we met Rip. And like I said, my husband and I, he wanted to go back and watch season one. So I started watching with him. He's like, you're my res- my resident expert on Yellowstone because you've covered yeah. this so in depth. When we met Rip, he was that's when he was branding Jimmy. 
Okay. In the trailer, like oh, he goes to that. you know to to get yeah. Jimmy. Oh yes, and, yes. And just yes. like the sinister eyes and the stare. I mean, he had sunglasses on for this part with with Rourke, but like we know yeah. enough about yeah. him to know we like, know the, the stare, the intense exactly. So I was just like, this is just the most rip way to to kill somebody. So yeah. so my question for you was Rourke just easy low hanging fruit here? Yeah, he's just like a retaliation for just all of this. Like, why not? Like, they needed to strike back in some way, shape, or form. And you were the easiest one for us to get to because we don't know where Willa is. And, and you were the main person sort of poking the Beth bear. I'm going to be very wary of boxes and coolers from now on. So <laughs> I'm very wary of the box that arrived in my house yesterday. But I will run from anybody with a cooler. Yeah, shaking it. Shaking a face. cooler. Like, I think that that's a really good telltale sign that you are not going to want to see what's in there. And <laughs> I don't know what kind of snake that was. I did not get up on my flora and fauna of Montana. But I mean, Rourke is dead inside of 30 seconds. Yeah, I was, I kind of asked that question. I was like, does snake, do, can you die that quickly from a snake bite? I mean, it was to his face. So maybe straight to the brain. I don't know. I don't know. It's close to a lot of major things. Yeah. Your brain and like your spine and all of those circuitry, (laughs) circuits that take things here, there and and everywhere. Yeah. I can't say I was sad to see him go. No. For some reason. Yeah. Not sad. It was just surprising. And you're like, whoa. Okay. Wow. Got it. And then Rip just walks off. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to pick my cooler up. I'm going to go put some beer in it now. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll, pick some, I'll pick up some cores on the way back to the uh, to the bunkhouse. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the retaliation was the word that I was looking for. He was just available because he's yeah. just always in that stupid river fishing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really shake it up too much. So he was just easy prey. I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm just excited. We're back. Yay. We're back in the Yellowstone Waited world. Waited so long for this, Sheila. Next week, I will meet you in person. Yeah. At the recording studio. We will, we will be in Pod Clubhouse, the Texas office. We will be coming to you, not live, but we will be coming to you recorded together in person. Yay. We'll be in person with Sheila and Steph. And you will also have the interview with Cole Hauser at the end of the podcast. So that is something definitely to look forward to. Have you watched episode two yet? I have not. Okay, I did. And I was very I careful to not share anything yes. in to spill anything in. Like it's only 10 o'clock here in Houston. So I'm pretty sure I'm about to watch it like right I now. I think you should. I think you'll you'll get you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. I'm just we'll I'm not gonna it. say anything more. But okay. uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us. And as always, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, five stars are greatly appreciated. We do put a lot of work into this, and we do take a lot of time to entertain you. So a little bit of five stars would definitely go a long way to to making us some happy campers. I'll say I do a little happy dance. Yeah, we do a little happy. We get when we get comments. Oh, we're like, oh, we get comments. Yeah, be on the lookout on Twitter because we're going to be sharing our ranch water swag uh, for the premiere. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open and we'd love to hear from you.